Thanks for clicking play on the latest episode of the Iowa Revolution podcast. I am Spencer Dirks alongside my friend, Dr. Bob Leonard. Dr. Bob, how you doing? I'm doing great, despite the heat. Hanging in there? Yeah, you know, I grew up doing construction and I told myself when I was a kid that I didn't understand how people that only have to walk from their car to their job or car to their house and that they would complain about the weather, you know, because when you're outside in it all day, like people are, you know, I have no right to complain. I actually drove over to Indianola yesterday and saw some linemen working on some power lines between Knoxville and Indianola and my God. I just, my heart went out to them. Of course, they have to wear, they're working with electricity, so they have to wear long pants and boots and, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad I have the job I have yeah. and don't have to worry. I will not complain about the heat. And soon enough, it'll be gone. So Yeah, a couple days. Yeah, and we'll be into fall and, and hopefully done with this 100-degree heat. We got a jam-packed show for you as usual. We are coming up. Most schools in the state of Iowa are starting school this week, so we'll talk a little bit about the ESA school voucher program. There's been plenty of studies. It is becoming more and more popular. A lot of states have recently passed those ESA or school voucher programs to divert public money to private schools, so we'll talk about some of those studies. Plenty of cock talk today. J.N. Seltzer, one of the really not even one of, but the most famous Iowa pollster came out with her first poll of the year on Monday morning. So we'll talk about the results from that poll. The first Republican presidential debate is tonight, as you're listening to this on Wednesday night. And also, <laughs> we've been talking all throughout the campaign season how badly Ron DeSantis's team has been working for him. And there's kind of an interesting story about one of his super PAC leaders saying he had a degree that he didn't. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders is jumping on the bandwagon, basically led by Ron DeSantis and making it so it's tougher for kids to take AP African-American history courses. I mentioned this is a very jam-packed show because we're not even near done. We've talked about AI several times throughout this podcast and its effect on workers and how people work, how people entertain themselves. And AI is starting to write game recaps for Gannett newspapers. It's been doing it for a while, but when I first saw Gannett newspapers were doing it, that's what really kind of struck a nerve with me. We've got good news this afternoon as well as the United States is the fastest country in the world in the 100-meter dash. Also, top five TV shows or movies about radio today. And then Dr. Bob is going to pick next week's top five, so make sure you stay tuned for that. That should be pretty good. So we will start with the ESAs, those school vouchers. This is from the Brookings Institute. Studies indicate that after traditional voucher expansions, the private school market floods with new pop-up providers. That's exactly what's happening with the ESA-style expansions in Arizona now. Many new schools are nearly or entirely funded by the ESA payments, just as the average private school and older voucher programs was. Many of these schools will quickly close. There's also existing academic evidence predicting that traditional voucher programs incentivize existing private schools to raise tuition. Using the new dollars is something of a public subsidy. And that is exactly what recent reports are showing with ESA Passage, with existing private schools raising their tuition. Part of the push for ESA vouchers comes from the lingering frustration over the pandemic-era school closures and concern over learning loss as measured by standardized tests. But on that question, the last decade of research on traditional vouchers strongly suggests they actually lower academic achievement. In Louisiana, for example, two separate research teams found negative academic impacts as high as negative 0.4 standard deviations, extremely large by education policy standards, which declines that persisted for years. Those results were published across top journals for empirical public and education policy. Similar results in Indiana found impacts closer to negative 0.15 standard deviations. To put these negative impacts in perspective, current estimates of COVID-19's impact on academic trajectories hover around negative 0.25 standard deviations. So it's basically, you would pretty much be just as well off not going to school for two years compared to going to one of these private schools or one of these pop-up schools. And we're already seeing that in the state of Iowa where educate, or the tuition for private schools is going up. And I'm sure we'll start to see more schools 
pop up that didn't exist a year or two ago. Yeah, well, I've been hearing on some of the radio stations coming out of Des Moines ads for those new schools. And there's just, here's one concerned mom just saying, you know, I don't really know what's happening with the public schools, but I don't really know enough to homeschool my kids. Oh, well, there's this new program by so-and-so that you can trust them. They'll guide you to the homeschool. And you know what? And, and, and then they have conversations to concerned moms talking, you know, you know, really compelling, convincing actors. Right. But, you know, and then saying, and you know what? It might even be free. So where do you think that free money comes from to fund this fly-by-night, mostly online, if not all online, educational enterprise? I was going to say a lot of those are online yeah. schools, yeah. quote-unquote. Yeah. And we're paying for them. Exactly. For that, that money, performance. you mentioned free, yes. Yeah. Free for them, but it's not free for the, the taxpayer. Right. No, but it's you know really good marketing. I also saw Ashley Henson just tweeted within the last couple of days about her support for the Parents' Bill of Rights. And it's very basic things like you should know what's taught in your child's school. You should know what the budget is for your public school district. There's four different things, and they're all things that you have been able to do right. for decades and decades and, can, and like still can. can do now. Yeah. And, you know, 90% of the responses were... You must not be a very good parent then, Ashley, if you don't think you can do any of these things. Yeah, well, but it's just smoke and mirrors, creating a problem where there isn't so that they can shift public money into private hands, shift kids into schools. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this on the podcast that more align with the ideology of the, of the conservative right. And so it's just a disaster. And we have... Uh, a decently large private school in our area, Pella Christian, and their superintendent said that they have had an increase in enrollees this school year, but most of them are coming either from other areas, like moving into the state to take advantage of these dollars, these public tax dollars that they can now spend on their child's education, or a lot of them were homeschooled and now are going to be going to a private school, again, on our dime. But he did say that most of the Pella community school students didn't see a large influx of Pella community students. But that's also probably an apples and oranges situation because Pella schools are also fantastic schools. So it's not right. like it's a, a poorly performing public school compared to, it's not like a Cedar Rapids Jefferson versus Cedar Rapids Xavier situation where people that go to Cedar Rapids Jefferson are probably a little bit lower on the socioeconomic ladder than the kids that would go to Cedar Rapids Xavier. Yeah, and you know, we're lucky here. People get good educations at Pella and Pella Christian, but it's not, it's not the same everywhere else. Exactly. And, and, but the point is, still, I don't care. Those are taxpayer dollars with accountability, and now there's no accountability. The, the school doesn't have to use it. They doesn't, don't have to say what they're using the money for. Yeah, like they said, it's a public subsidy, basically. It's yeah. just a slush fund that yeah. they can use however they want. We it's just wrong it. no matter what. I've got nothing against Pella Christian, but it's just wrong no matter what. Yeah, and I'm not blaming the private schools. They're just taking what right. is being offered to them. So it's not like we're piling on the private schools that, you know, they were all behind this and they're taking advantage of it. They're doing what any other business would. And really, private schools are businesses. Right, and... Also, most of them have a long history with respect to people know that they're good schools, mm -hmm. most of them. These new ones coming in, taking our taxpayer dollars, we don't know that they're any good. And never will know. Yeah. I mean, we might know with standardized testing and that sort of stuff, but this is no, all won't. unregulated. We don't have to right. know standardized testing. Yeah, they don't have to yeah. release that no. information because it's not public. All right. Whereas our public schools do have to release yeah, all that information. Right. No, it's, it's pretty amazing. But we've known this for a long time. I mean, the, the charter school situation in Louisiana, 10 years ago, we knew they were a disaster. I mean, doesn't mean all of them are, but well, statistics show that there's negative impacts on performance. That's the thing. If, this, if all these studies had shown that, hey, this is a good policy, this is something that's actually worked for a lot of different states, maybe it would work for us. But pretty much everywhere that this has been introduced, it's been... I wouldn't say a failure, but not what they were expecting or hoping. 
Right. Well, and you notice you were talking about people are concerned about, you know, because of losses of learning, you know, in, in public schools. I suspect the same losses of learning were in the private schools. Oh, absolutely. But they, ne- but they don't say that. Yeah. They don't say that. The criticisms, they say, oh, we didn't like what we learned about public schools uh, because there's a loss in, you know, in learning, lowering test scores. But that doesn't mean that it didn't happen in the private schools, but they don't say that. No, and we won't really find out how this all goes for several years, and a lot can happen between now and whoever is the next governor or whoever is in the state house. It's going to be with us for a while. We know that. Yeah. Yeah, and just pretty soon next year they're going to spend more money, and Todd Dorman said this first. He sort of said it tongue-in-cheek, but... They're going to be building buildings using taxpayer money to build buildings, essentially churches. Yeah. Yeah, many of these schools schools are part of a parish. You know, especially Catholic schools, they are pretty much all part of one parish or the other, whether it's Dubuque or Cedar Rapids or Des Moines. So, yeah, they are, yeah, we are going to be building churches with tax dollars. Yeah. The other thing, going back to Ashley Henson and this parent's bill of rights or whatever she wants to call it. There's way more transparency and accountability for a public school because you have a school board. Mm-hmm. You can elect elected school board. You yeah. can elect people, you can take people out if you don't agree with what they've been doing. Whereas private schools don't have it. I mean it's it's all internally run. They're not beholden to anybody but themselves. Right. And the parents of the kids that are in the school. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's the case in pretty much any school. It's just way easier, I think, in a public school to make your voice heard. Well, and some of the stuff that they're going to be teaching is anti-science is is unacceptable. I mean, with respect to some of the things about biology are anti-science. Some of the things about uh, climate change are anti-science and who knows what else. And then there are also a lot of them are anti-humanities, you know, the banning of the books, some of the greatest right. books of all time. Kids can't read because there was a sex scene or something. Yeah, we'll actually get to that later on when, with Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her making it harder for kids to take AP African-American history courses. Oh, we need to concentrate on, you know, math and science and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, yes, that's true, but we also need to broaden our scope a little bit more than just math and science. Right. Because, and plus, not every kid is good at math and or science either. So they need to find something that they're interested in and could possibly do for a career. Right. And it's the, it's the kind of, of skills that people get from contemplating the world around them, reading the great works, the great literature, different perspectives from different people. And that's what makes people, you know, better in the workforce it's, well, that, you know, to, make, make, to leave them ignorant of, of you know the problems of society or historical problems leaving them ignorant of that yeah it makes you a better citizen it makes you a better voter it makes you a better mathematician or if you want to go yep. into computer science all those things make you a more valuable employee or employer so let's get into some cock talk i mentioned at the top Famed pollster J.N. Seltzer, by the way, this is from Axios. J.N. Seltzer is from Des Moines. She came out with her poll on Monday morning for her first 2024 election cycle poll. Driving the news, former President Trump starts with a 20-plus point lead over Florida Governor Ron DeSantis among likely Iowa Republican caucus goers with the other hopefuls in single digits. And that's from the NBC News Des Moines Register Mediacom poll. Trump's advantage is, quote, the largest Republican caucus lead recorded by the poll since the 2000 contest won by George W. Bush. Trump's lead actually grew after his August 14th indictment on racketeering charges in Georgia, the poll shows. Interviews from August 13th through the 14th showed Trump beating DeSantis by 18 percentage points, 38% to 20%. But in interviews after the indictment, that lead grew to 25%, 43 to 18%. Two-thirds of likely caucus goers, or 65%, said they don't believe Trump committed serious crimes. A majority of caucus goers, 52%, haven't made up their minds yet, according to the poll, and caucus goers are strongly considering DeSantis, Senator Tim Scott, and former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, per NBC. They leave out Vivek Ramaswamy. I was kind of surprised that he didn't get a little bit more publicity in this story. 
Well, and I was surprised he poured so he polled so poorly in Iowa. Yeah. In Seltzer poll. I thought he would be. I mean, nationally, he polls a lot higher. Yeah, he's basically neck and neck with Ron DeSantis yeah. for the second spot, right yeah. around 10, 11%. And DeSantis, you know, between 10 and 15%. Yeah, and I've seen him. There's a youthfulness to him that is engaging, you know, seeing him, you know, seeing him take questions from the press with his little boy there. I mean, it's some people are saying it's almost Kennedy-esque. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, his his policies will be disastrous. Well, yeah, he's also a 9-11 truther. That's yeah. like the latest thing that's coming out is he was asking how many policemen and CIA officials were on these planes, basically saying it was an inside job. He went on yeah. CNN with Caitlin Collins last night and talked about how there's a lot of questions and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And not only that, but did you see that he talked about connecting the <laughs> the value of the dollar to ag yeah, production yeah, yeah. you know like corn and soybeans it's like you no. have you've never been in this you haven't been in the state of iowa for long enough to think that that's a good idea that's no, a terrible idea pulling uh, money from ukraine day one if elected that's just really bad idea i mean he's full but that's of something that republicans ideas. eat they're, up they're going that direction well you know there are so many of i mean look at trump he's so pro-putin right and he his truth the other day so He's got his Truth Social account, and he was saying how with this $200,000 bond, and it's like, am I really a flight risk? And then tongue-in-cheek, he says, maybe I'll go to Russia, 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 and hang out in gold-plated domes with my friend Putin. I don't know if he said my friend Putin, but he said with Putin. And, you know, it's not like I have a, a big plane with my name and gold letters that I can use. So it's basically saying, like, you are a flight risk. We know yeah. you're a flight risk. Yeah. Of course he's a flight risk. He's got <laughs> lots of money. He can right. go to a lot of different places. Right. Saudi Arabia would love him. Oh, God. Turkey would love him. Russia would take him with yeah. open arms. Yeah. He would be Putin's favorite plaything. Yeah. Lapdog yeah. plaything. Right. Yeah. Well, he already is Putin's lapdog. And Ramaswamy says, oh, we don't want Putin to lose. <laughs> He, you know, he wants uh, you know things to just let Putin keep what he's gained. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I have friends that like Ramaswamy. I mean, I don't. But considering the alternatives, maybe he'd be better than Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. But he also seems just batshit crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to him at the oh some event and where he was talking about. You know, there's anti-woke this, anti-woke that. And uh, he said, oh, something about racism isn't a problem. And I said, I work in radio. I cover city council meetings. I cover a whole lot of things. And I've been in the room where sometimes the best person for the job was a minority. And the best person on paper did the best person did the um, best job in their presentation. But it always turns out Whenever I've seen that happen, when they're a minority, people decide they're not right for our community. Yeah. Which is, they're the wrong color. Exactly. And uh, Which is the definition of racism. Right. And so I've seen it. And then I've said, I've talked to a pastor friend, and he said, oh, it happens in churches all the time. They're yeah. not right for our church. So what I told him, I said, you made all the white people in the audience happy. But you and I, and I explained that situation, I said, you and I both know that systemic racism does exist. And then he started to go off on, oh, you know, but affirmative action can be used against people if they think you got to your position by through affirmative action. And he knew that was a red herring. It yeah. wasn't about, so he knew I wasn't buying it. And then the, his staff said, that was it. Let's go. They let him out and he went by me and patted me on the shoulder and said, we're not so far apart on this issue. If we only had more time. <laughs> no, but all the white people eat it up. Oh, oh, you know, we don't have to talk about slavery. We don't have to talk about that. all this stuff that might make well, us feel Well, especially coming from a person of color, yeah. it's almost like a pass. And you know? so, but where, where is the media asking that question of him, of Tim Scott, of Nikki Haley? Why do they want to make all the white people happy when we have this history that we need to deal with? 
And it doesn't mean that, we're, that you're anti-American. It means that you want to understand what makes America work, what are the mistakes that we've made. You don't want to whitewash them. You don't want to bury them because when you bury them and hide them, it doesn't do anything to address the problem. They think it's going to go away. It's not. They can't hide the truth of our history, and they act like they're patriots. If they were patriots, they would want to know and understand all of the aspects, good and bad, of our country. And this is more of the misrepresentation that they do. Oh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, we're probably ahead of ourselves, but when she says they teach people to hate America. No, to learn about our mistakes isn't hating America. It's trying to make America a better place in the future. And they say this stuff, and where's the media calling them out on it? They can just say it. Most of them go to friendly media. She goes on Fox News. Most of these people are interviewed on Fox News. Ron DeSantis doesn't really take questions from media unless it's hand-picked media that's following him around. So there really is no opportunity for good journalists to get those questions answered. Yeah. Well, they're shielding themselves. They're shielding which also themselves. Is which is telling because they know that the answers that they're going to have to give are not real, truthful answers. Well, a lot of the journalists, not all of them, are compromised because if you ask the tough questions, you lose access. Then you're kicked off the bus, right? Yeah, and it's just, you know, I've asked softball questions. I'm as guilty. I'm more guilty than anybody. I ask softball questions to political leaders for years because I wanted to be able to sit at the table with them. Right. And so, I mean, I'm a product of, I'm not acting like I'm, you know, anything special. I'm caught up in that same system too. And plus, it's just hard to keep pushing and pushing. They don't answer your question. It's sort of, you, you end up moving on. You don't like sitting there making somebody uncomfortable. And, I mean, it's hard. And some of the Yeah, I mean, there's people, personal dynamics where right. it starts to become embarrassing and you get red-faced, and then you feel like the spotlight's on you when the spotlight right. really should be on the politician. Right. But they're so good at flipping that around. Right, and then they'll, they'll like lay out all kinds of bullshit right. that you have to unpack each one. You have to decide which one you're going to unpack, and then you're caught up in something that you really didn't want to address. because Yeah, they get you onto a topic that they're comfortable talking about. Right. Or at least wanting to talk about that topic. And they, they don't answer them. your question. They'll answer another question. Yeah. yeah. Just the asymmetry in the relationship for a lot of reporters. It's, and it's just hard. You only got a certain amount of times. And then some of these national reporters, all they want to do, and they're better at screaming out the questions, all they want to do is talk about the polls. The polls or, or Donald Trump. Yeah. or Yeah. Not actually about any policy issue. Yeah. I was at a... Oh, in 2015, there was an ag summit, and Huckabee was there, and this young lady pushed her way up to the front, and it was at an ag summit, and uh, he looks through, okay, time for your question. There were probably 30 of us around, and she goes, uh, 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 what about Benghazi? Oh, my God. Yeah, and so then we're talking about Hillary Clinton and Benghazi, and this is a national reporter who didn't know anything about agriculture, but elbowed her way to the front. So she could ask her question, and I understand she needs to get on the air or she's fired. Right. And she needs that soundbite. Yeah. A lot of it just feeds right into it. It is interesting, too. One of the biggest things, and it's not uncommon, but the fact that we do have Trump running for the third time and there's still 52% of caucus goers that still haven't made their mind up. So the fact that there's a majority of likely voters in the Republican caucus that are still looking for somebody that they might like to support. And you would imagine those 52%, you would imagine the majority of those are not going to be Trump voters. I They're st sort of waiting for the alternative to Trump. Yeah, some of the people I talk to, of, of my f real friends that are good Republicans, that are thoughtful Republicans, that are gracious enough, to be able to sit down and actually talk about this stuff. So these are rare people. Right. Okay. None of them want Trump. They all appreciate what Trump did. Right. But they want They somebody. all probably voted for him in Yeah, they did. But the, his time yeah. is up for them. Right. And so, there, you know, a lot of them, well, some of them are going for Ramaswamy. Some of them are going for DeSantis. Uh, Tim Scott 
you know, I don't know, a number of my Republican friends want Tim Scott. Yeah. And I don't know, um, the indictments, the, you know, that his poll numbers go up after, Trump's poll numbers go up after the indictments. I'm wondering how much of that is whether people really want Trump to be president or if they just want him to be president so he can pardon himself. Right. I mean, because... Well, there is, I think a lot of this, especially now the third time around that he's running, a lot of it comes down to the sunken cost fallacy where they poured in now eight years, going back to 2015, of supporting this guy. And if you're still with Trump, there's nothing now that's going to get you off that ship. Mm -hmm. He's been indicted four times. There's probably more indictments coming, but that doesn't matter to them. But it's also a really human thing. It's just like, for example, if you're trying to fix up a truck that's a, you know, just nothing but a rust bucket. Well, I've already put $2,000 in it. I'm gosh dang it, I'm going to get this sucker to run. Yeah. And I think that's where we're at with a lot of Trump voters. They're just, they're on the ship. Even though there's holes all over the place, they're staying in that thing. Yeah, well, that's sports fans. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah. I put in my whole life being a Minnesota Twins fan. I don't care if they go the next 20 years without a winning record. I'm going to be there as a Twins fan because I've already put in 20 <laughs> right. long years of being a Twins fan. Right. So, yeah. I think it is hard for people to, especially with that situation, which is pretty much cult-like, to get people out of that cult. So let's get into the debate tonight, even though we discussed most of the prime players. Donald Trump, not surprisingly, will not be taking part in the debate tonight, which is not surprising at all. He skipped several debates, at least one I know last year. He actually was in Des Moines. He had that fake like veterans yeah. thing where they were presenting a check and then it actually was not even real um they were trying to raise money and yeah i don't want to talk at it probably yeah like i don't want to get too much into it because i don't know really the specifics but i do know that it was just a typical trump lie so anyway the debate tonight it's basically being pitted as ramaswamy versus desantis as who can get that second spot because Whoever gets that second spot has a very good chance of getting the nomination. Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I've, you know, I've thought Trump was going to fade a thousand times, and he hasn't. So I don't know. I just think, especially when you look at the fifty-two percent of caucus goers not knowing for sure who they're going to vote for, these debates are pretty important for right. Tim Scott and DeSantis, and they've got to look presidential and know like they're. Or look like they know what they're talking about. DeSantis, you know, has <laughs> that super PAC leaking his, you know, talking points for the debate. I mean, how humiliating. How inept. Yeah. In fact, let's just get into it. Because, yeah, you'll see the debate if you want to tonight. We've already pretty much talked about the candidates enough. So if you want to watch the debate, have fun. It's, uh, it is on Wednesday night tonight. So this is from Midas Touch. Former Iowa State Senator Mark Chelgren, who serves as one of the chairs for Ron DeSantis's Never Back Down Super PAC, listed his certificate of completion from the Sizzler Restaurant Chain Employee Training Course as a business management degree on his resume when he was a candidate. Chelgren explained that he didn't realize that a training certificate was different than a college degree. He claimed that he got the certificate when he worked at a Sizzler in Southern California in the 1980s when he was 19 years old. He listed the source of his degree as Forbo Management School, which is the name of the company that provided employee training for Sizzler restaurants. After the misrepresentation came to light, it was removed from the Iowa GOP website. He also claimed to have earned an associate's degree at some point, but several media outlets attempted to verify it in 2017 with no success. Children once introduced a bill in the Iowa Senate to freeze all faculty hiring at Iowa universities until they hired more Republican professors, and it didn't pass. I do remember that. Well, it would pass now. Probably. But he was a visionary. He was laughed at. People well, that's why he's on this super PAC now. They must yeah. have thought he was... A rising star. Hey, this is the guy that we should have. He was as way part ahead of, our crew. of his time, just like Steve King, booted 
back when the Republican Party actually had some principles and right. wanted to stand up against racism. Now he'd be a rock star. I'm sure he's just puzzled as can be. He was way ahead. And this guy, nobody took children seriously. Yeah. He was a joke for Republicans and Democrats. And, I, and he lost an election, I believe. But I now, would assume so now that he's on but, the super PAC. I wouldn't think he would voluntarily leave that. No. So anyway, so he, there, he was ahead of his time. <laughs> he really was. Yeah. What a joke. A sizzler restaurant, a training course for a sizzler. But, you know, how many Republicans <coughs> do we have lying about their degrees now? I mean. Tons. And, you know, maybe Democrats do it as well. I don't know. But at least they're smarter about it. But I don't know why lie about a degree. You're going to get caught. Exactly. Like, how can you possibly... I mean, it's one thing to, you know, pad your resume if you're just going to be applying for some job at AT&T or whatever. You know, they might not fact check you. But when you're in the public realm, that's what all some journalists do yeah. <laughs> is check out your, your bona fides. Yeah, no. Stupid. <laughs> Just stupid. Do you know where Chelgren is from? Do you remember? I think Atoma. Ah, Wapolo County, I think. Honestly makes a lot of sense, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything against Atoma. Uh, any other caulk talk? Any other caucus news? Um, obviously, the Iowa State Fair has wrapped up, so all the fair side chats are done with Kim Reynolds. Seem to go just about as poorly as you would have predicted it to go. A lot of hecklers, which was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised there weren't more. Yeah, it was kind of funny because they would actually have, at least the word was, that the opposing staff would go and heckle when, you know, like if Tim Scott's out yeah. there, then, you know, the DeSantis's staff would go over and heckle or yeah. boo or whatever. Yeah. doesn't surprise me. What I saw, and I mean, if I was a Republican, I would probably be leaning towards Tim Scott right now or Nikki Haley, one of the South Carolina representatives. But he seemed to do the best. He was the only one that, uh, so for the most part, they had a stage and two chairs, one for Kim, one for the candidate. And he actually got up and, and spoke with the crowd, went out into the crowd with his microphone, making a personal appeal. So to me, the, the most gifted politician, besides Donald Trump, is Tim Scott. He's gifted. His you know, he's a likable guy. I've told you that he called me and wanted to talk and do an interview, and it never happened. But he's a likable person, very likable. But when I hear him talk about issues, his knowledge is really very shallow. Right. Really very shallow. He isn't prepared as much as a senator can be. And I have to contrast that with Nikki Haley. My God, her foreign policy stuff is just... Outstanding. Yeah, she's just, she seems like a pretty smart person. Oh, yeah. Which would be nice to have a really smart person in the White House. I don't know if we have a really smart, smart person in the White House right now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been a Biden fan, to tell you the truth. It's funny. I, I was very much a Biden fan back in 2008 when we first started covering the caucuses together. In my opinion, he was the best that I saw. And I saw most of them. I saw Barack Obama. I saw pretty much all the Republicans. And Joe Biden, I think I may have told you at the time, he seemed like the professor and everybody else seemed like students. He seemed to have that good of a grasp on a lot of different issues. But that was also, you know, 16 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of his policies now. I mean, there's a lot of great things on the environment, infrastructure um, I mean they've done he's done great things I mean I wish we had somebody without the baggage that he has with his son's ties to Ukraine right. I mean and that's part of the reason I'm not a fan but I'm a real fan of the policies that they've been able to um, implement and not get enough credit for yeah anything else caucus wise it's going to be interesting the debate to see who comes out they'll all spin it and uh, it'll, it'll be interesting poll numbers after that. 
So we've talked about this several times already, but let's get into it. This is uh, taking a wider scope from MSNBC. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders suggested Thursday, this last Thursday, that her administration took action against a course on African-American history to prevent students from being taught hatred of America. Last week, the Arkansas Department of Education gave two days notice to the advanced placement course on African-American studies would no longer be accepted for credit. The Sanders administration also said Arkansas won't cover the $90 cost of the course's final exam as it does for every other AP course. These actions show how states can set up disincentives for students without technically banning a course, even though the results of both tactics, barriers to learning about black history, is effectively the same. When a Fox News host asked Sanders on Thursday whether her administration had done away with the course, Sanders slyly said no. Then she went on a rant, quote, we've got to get back to the basics of teaching math, of teaching reading, writing, and American history, end quote. And she went on to say, quote, and we cannot perpetuate a lie to our students and push this propaganda leftist agenda, teaching our kids to hate America and hate one another, end quote. Sanders didn't clarify what so-called lies she was talking about or how the AP course teaches students to hate America or one another. It's all bullshit. Yeah. And that people believe that, it's just astounding to me. And the way she separates African-American history from From, American history. Okay, so if you think about this logically, at first you think they just want to hide it. They just want to hide it. So people don't feel bad. They just don't want to hide it. And that's what I thought at first. But now, I don't think that's what that is. I think it's poking the bear. Getting, you know, just digging, you know, at people. And that that wanting to incite. Wanting people to be so angry. They've been treated so poorly for so long. Now you're going to deny us our part of American history. So it's just like they know that there's a potential angry reaction, that in certain situations, when you've been mistreated for generations, and then they're doing this to you, I think now that they want to incite. And that's, that has to be the goal, because they know they can't hide it. So they're inciting. And then, let's say something does happen bad, then that's more, it's more fodder for their mill that, oh, these minorities or black people are bad or something, because it's, it's just incitement. Right. That's what it is. And I, you know, I don't really have the words. I haven't thought it through enough. There's so... They know erasing isn't going to do it. So let's just go back to, you know, the job candidate. You know, the situation I'm thinking of, which were both black candidates. Just think how when they those most qualified people had to go back to their families and say, I didn't get the job. And so much humiliation and generations of it. I'm just, I'm surprised there isn't more anger, more striking back at the oppression and that I think that given all of this there's a lot of dignity and power and strength in not responding it's a lot of the Jackie Robinson stuff but not everybody people shouldn't have to be Jackie Robinson right but that's I mean, this is, you know, out of my like Going back to the Republicans talking to the pastors, turn the other cheek, that shit's weak, man. doesn't yeah, work anymore. Yeah. So there, it's, it's a provocation. And then they're hoping to get a reaction. They're, you know, they're just going to keep escalating it until there is a reaction. And then they're going to say, oh, see, we told you so. Right. And there is no logical, she didn't present a logical no. reason for this. This is an AP class, an advanced placement class for the best of the best kids. So when you're talking about we need to get to the basics of reading and math and all this sort of stuff, it's like these kids have that shit covered. This is an AP course. Mm -hmm. These kids should be able to learn whatever they want, and you're blocking them from learning it. And I would imagine there's a decent amount of black kids in Arkansas that can't afford or their parents can't afford a $90 
fee to take a test. There's a lot so of parents. To then pass that class. Yeah, well, there's a lot of parents here that can't afford that. Exactly. Either. White or black, right. Yeah. Yeah, if our kid came and said, hey, I want to take this AP class and it's going to be, you know, $90, like, yeah, we would figure out a way, but 90 bucks is a lot of money, you know? Like, it's not just something that a lot of families can just fork over. Yeah. And this racial stuff, I mean, I'm hesitant to get into it because I haven't felt the pain of all of the centuries of being treated as lesser. I've never felt that and so you know I hesitate to speak out of turn about that stuff but that's how I see it it's they want a reaction they're provoking it and I think a good way to end this is you and I both grew up in Iowa school systems that did teach these things so we at least do have a perspective to try to think about them mm-hmm. these students are not given that opportunity so they just go out into their life thinking that there is no difference in the United States whether you're white or black. And there is a difference. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, they say, oh, to make you hate your country or to feel, well, I want the kids to feel bad. When I learn about history, when I learn about inequality, when I learn about the horrors of racism, it doesn't make me feel bad. It makes me feel empathy and about how we can make the future better so we don't go through this again. They want to go through this again and again and again. Yeah. A couple things to uh, wrap things up. So I did want to mention, I just want to read this real quick because there's not a whole lot to talk about. But this is from Lead AI, which is an AI program that can write newspaper stories. So let me just read this bag of shit. This is from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, by the way. Not some rag. (laughs) This is the paper of record for Wisconsin. That's very good. This is the story about a football game played in Wisconsin. The Ellsworth Panthers defeated the Edgar Wildcats 8-6 in a Wisconsin high school football game on Friday. Ellsworth didn't flinch, finally repelling Edgar 8-6 in a Wisconsin high school football matchup on August 18th. Ellsworth opened with an 8-0 advantage over Edgar through the first quarter. Edgar rallied in the third quarter by making it 8-6. Neither team could dent the scoreboard in the second and fourth quarters. Check out our complete boys football roundup to stay up to date on all the action. Pretty good. There was one word there that was (laughs) weird. You might as well just put 8-6, though. Yeah. That's all we know. We don't know which player scored those touchdowns. We don't know how long the touchdown run was. We just know that the final score was 8-6. to six. And then the AI basically just did what every ninth grade English kid does and bullshitted yeah. <laughs> the rest. You know, how can I make this 8-6 to six yeah. a paragraph, yeah. you know? Yeah, so pretty, pretty lame. So I just wanted to, yeah, we don't need to go too much into that. But just be aware of that when you're reading these things because I wouldn't put it past the Des Moines Register. If they're doing it at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, it's coming to the Des Moines Register soon because that's also a Gannett paper. So read the Cedar Rapids Gazette, by the way. That's privately owned, not owned by – in fact, not only privately owned, owned by the staff of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. It's employee-owned. Great paper. So here's what's good for this week from NPR. Shikari Richardson, my favorite female sprinter, won the 100-meter dash world championship. She said, quote, after Monday's race, I would say never give up. Never allow media, never allow outsiders, never allow anything but yourself and your fate to define who you are. I would say always fight, no matter what, fight. Richardson was poised to contend in the 2021 Olympics in Tokyo, but after testing positive for marijuana... The U.S. Anti-Doping Agency suspended her from competition for a month, which prevented her from competing in the Games. Also, U.S. sprinter Noah Lyles won the Men's 100-Meter World Championship. So both the men's and women's 100-Meter Dash winners are Americans. Amazing athletes. And 2024 is when the next Summer Olympics will be. So next summer in Paris. So we will have the defending world champions going in to both of those sprints next summer are we ready for my top five yes all right top five movies or tv shows about radio number five news radio never heard of it never heard of news radio you were a news radio guy for 16 years and you've never heard of news radio no 
It had Andy Dick. It had Joe Rogan, surprisingly enough. It had... Oh, I'm, he was, I'm not uh, going to watch anything with Andy Dick in it. Ah, uh, fair enough. Okay, on to the next one. Uh, number four is Airheads. I'm sure you've never seen Airheads. No. Brendan Fraser plays the lead singer of a band, and they take a radio station hostage so that they'll play their their new record. Uh, one of my least favorite actors. Brendan Fraser? Yep. Why? I don't know. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's all the rage right now. No, he did Tarzan, right? I thought he was ridiculous. Yep, he did do Tarzan. He did the Mummy. I thought he was ridiculous. He's not a believable character. I'm not going to go to his movies. <laughs> I think Airheads is probably his best movie, but Steve Buscemi is also in it. He's part of the band. Well, I like him. Adam Sandler is so that yeah. There's three band members: Steve Buscemi, Brendan Fraser, and Adam Sandler. Brendan Fraser's a hard no. <laughs> okay. Number three, I know you know this one. WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, I know that one. Did you like it? Did you watch it? I thought the girl was cute. She is. She did. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, number two is, I'm. you probably haven't heard of this, but this would probably be your favorite if you had seen it. It's called Talk to Me. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of the movie Talk to Me? Don Cheadle plays Petey Green who was in prison for a period of time. He actually started off in prison radio and then made his way into the Washington, D.C. radio market. And from there, he was one of the co-founders of Radio One and a big leader in the civil rights movement during the 60s, friends with a lot of different black leaders. And it's just a very interesting Movie, so it's not just about radio, but also just about the the racial and political strife during the nineteen sixties and seventies. I would have liked that. I liked Don Cheadle. I think you you would enjoy I that movie. It. Yeah, it's not a movie that I think a lot of people have have seen. My life has been so segmented in so many different fragments and doing so many different things. And sometimes there were years when I didn't watch a movie, and sometimes there's times when I see one every other weekend. Sure, right. Number one, Private Parts. No, Are you a Howard Stern fan? No. You're not a Howard Stern no, fan? Oh my God. I'm not He's one of the best interviewers in journalism. I don't like him. Okay. He's crass. He's I'm not surprised by that. It, <laughs> you, you're probably not in the Howard Stern demographic necessarily. But I liked him. I grew up watching him on, he they simulcast his show on E, so I'd watch that late at night, hoping that they would have like some no, stripper on, so I might see a little bit of boobs. No, he's rude. The, the sad thing is, now politics has gotten so bad that he seems more normal. Right. But no. No, I'm not going to go see Howard Stern. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because... He was the original shock jock, but there really isn't, I guess, maybe Joe Rogan or maybe a few podcast hosts that are kind of shock jockey, but it's hard to even be a shock jock in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Rogan's just a fake. Yeah. I can't. He, he appears to be sincere and thoughtful and knowledgeable, but he's just manipulating people. Yeah. Yeah, no, none of that. No, he has no principles, nope. no guiding light. Just whatever's, however he feels in the moment, he can just you know change that decision five minutes down the line. Yeah. Also, I did want to mention another one that didn't make the top five, but is OLI outside looking in. Have you ever seen Pirate Radio? No, but I thought about going to it. <laughs> it was. <laughs> is yeah, that good? It, it is good. It came out uh, honestly probably about the time that we. Both got into radio probably around 15 years ago. I'm pretty sure I saw it not long after I moved to Knoxville. And yeah, it was an excellent movie. And it's just that. It's people on a ship, on an actual ship, with transmitters and actually playing. Because this was back when England had very strict rules on what you could and couldn't play on the radio. So they would actually play... You know, sounds, the, the risque good. music of the, of the times in the 60s, 70s. And, and, and that it sounds like I missed it. You would like it. It's a good movie. If I could figure out how to work, you know, the TV at home, I might be able to find it on one of the channels we have or don't have. So this was the perfect example of why I'm making you pick next week's top five. You knew nothing 
about Nothing. any of this top five. You've seen WKRP in Cincinnati, and I'm tired of you saying, I don't know. Never seen it. I don't know. I don't know. Never heard of it. <laughs> so what is next week's top five? What am I putting together for the top five next week? Top five Iowa reporters. Deal. I'm going to leave you out, by the way. Just like I had top five Bobs last week. By the way, you wanted me to bring up top five comedians? You had something yes, that you wanted to add? That was, that, said, that was like from, yeah, from May. So that's been a, a few... I have a friend that criticized us for that, our top five comedians. Because we didn't have any women on the list. That's right. We didn't. Amy Schumer, Tina Fey. Excellent, excellent. I mean, so I think we better... Reassess the Chelsea Handler. I did have I did have Chelsea Handler in my defense as a top five late night host, but that probably was a little so bit of an oversight. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we're a product of who we are. But you know society, what? And we should have. I will tell you this: we started. We talked about this the first podcast, and we said we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to put on airs. We're going to tell it like it is. This is my top five. If you don't like it, kiss my ass. <laughs> No, you're going to reassess your top five and you're going to come back. It's a valid point. But when I put these together, I don't necessarily think, well, I need to have this balanced by sex Mm -hmm. or race. It's just my top five. And maybe it is showing a little bit more about me than I would care to admit. But I'm opening myself up to that. That's right. And us, because I didn't think about it. So thanks to a listener. All right. Yes. Keep us on our toes. Don't let us get away with this shit. Uh, anything else? That's pretty much the agenda for this week. And yeah, we've run fairly long this week. Yeah, so we should just shut up. Probably. Stay cool. Stay hydrated over the next couple of days. Excessive heat warning for pretty much the whole state until Thursday night. And yeah, school starting, high school football this week. I know we've already had some volleyball games and cross-country meets. So right yep. back into it. Right. It's just... Football season, volleyball, I mean, all kinds of fun stuff. Yep, we'll have the Iowa Hawkeyes and Iowa State football teams starting in a couple weeks, so a lot of stuff to look forward to. I will look forward to next Tuesday afternoon for you and I to get together to record the next Iowa Revolution podcast, Dr. Bob. Yep, me too. And again, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Iowa Revolution. You can also follow us on Facebook. Same thing, we're Iowa Revolution. I've been giving out our email address. We've gotten no emails. (laughs) So if you do want to contact us, just... Twitter, Facebook, that'll that'll do it. Um, yeah, or you can email Dr. Bob and let him know <laughs> where I went wrong on my top five this week. So again, next week we'll do top five Iowa reporters and yeah, probably try to make a little bit of sense out of that Republican debate as well. Yeah. Well, there's no sense to be made out of the debate, I doubt. That's why I said try to make yeah. sense out of it. We'll see if it makes any sense. So, yeah, we'll look forward to that next week. Dr. Bob, always a pleasure. We'll see you a week from today. For sure.